Hi, I'm Joe Madden, and you are listening to Halfway Around the Halo. Fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariner racing back to the track. Good evening and welcome back to Season 3, Episode 4 of Halfway Around the Halo. We've got a really exciting show for you tonight where I am joined by our fellow compatriots and team accounts and legends in the UK, UK baseball world uh, from the AL West. But of course, the biggest legend of them all, Dave Evans. Dave, how are you this evening? I'm good, thanks, Nick. It's uh, not long until some proper baseball coming along. Well, yeah, we say this. Last week, our show was just all about spring training, and it's only being spring training because it is, as we talked off record earlier, it is so boring. Um, I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you like spring training, but it is boring. Um, but as I teased you earlier, we do have some special guests with you. We're not joined by Billy from Texas Rangers UK. I caught up with him earlier today, but it was past his bedtime, unfortunately, when we were recording. Uh, but I'm, I'm delighted to be joined by Matt from Oakland Day UK. Matt, how are you this evening? Very well, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to baseball? Certainly am. Yeah, it seems like it's uh, been a long old winter, hasn't it? And spring training, yeah, like you say, it kind of, it's exciting for about three or four days and then it's, mm, it's there's nowhere close to the real thing. So definitely ready for the season to start. Absolutely. And Mike Trout hit a homer today, so we're, we're in full go. Okay. We're ready. First one of the spring. Not again. <laughs> George from Astro Fans UK. George, how are you? You've been on the show before, as has Matt, I must add. Yes. Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to this. And I think it could be an interesting year ahead for, for the West. And Yeah, I think it's um, it's set up to be pretty tasty, actually. Um, probably more than, than some people give it credit for. Yeah, I think so. I think that will come out in our discussions later. And then we've got Jason from UK Mariner. Jason, how are you this evening? Uh, debut on the pod for you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, things are doing well up here in Edinburgh. Great. Oh, you're up in Edinburgh, are you? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it warmed up yet? No, not really. <laughs> Does it ever warm up? So funny enough, it's almost exactly like Seattle's weather here. So I kind of feel like I'm at home the whole time, except for uh, Seattle gets that 30-degree weather in the summer. And you, you, as you guys know, it doesn't get that warm up here. I love Seattle in the summer. I'm actually a Seahawks fan, so I like the city of Seattle a lot. And that three-month period is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But the rest of the year, yeah, you're right, very much like here. So we're just going to run through the AOS. I'm just going to come to each of you individually. And just Dave has a few questions for you, I know, on things that we want to know about and our listeners may want to know about, about your teams, which they may not know in advance. So... Dave, do you want to kick off with Oakland and what do you have to what do you have to ask? Yeah, so um, one thing I'm interested to do is obviously it's renowned and having always having a low payroll, but not <coughs> tanking. So having some sort of marginal success, especially compared to the Angels over the last few years. So and success being getting to the playoffs. But what I want to know is how does it feel being an Oakland fan, knowing that you're not going to keep your top talent and that the likelihood is that they're going to be going before they start getting expensive? Uh, yeah, it's it would be just about bearable if it happened once or twice, but it's happened basically throughout my time following the A's for over 20 years now. And, you know, we kind of get used to it. In some ways it makes it exciting because the A's never really do tank because even though we, because we kind of can't hold on to people, we don't do like what Seattle are doing at the moment, for example, where they're building up a big crop of really good young players, which hopefully will stick together for four, five, six seasons. We're not going to keep them together anyway. So we kind of try and chop and change a bit. So we tend to have a couple of bad years, but then get back on track. So it's exciting in that way. But, you know, looking ahead to this season, there's already a feeling of, well, our two key players are Matt Chapman and Matt Olsen. 
they both will have two years left after the season. So is this the last roll of the dice with those guys? Do we potentially have to trade one of those in the offseason or a trade deadline next year? So that gets a bit dispiriting where you always have to think about mm, how long have we got. Um, but again, at, at least we do have a go for it. We've made the playoffs three years in a row now. I think we've got a decent shot at being competitive at trying to do that again this year. So it's never boring, at least. Yeah, you mentioned Olsen and Chapman. I know that was one of Dave's follow-up questions. Do you think there's any chance either of them stick around and sign a deal? No? No. 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 <laughs> Basically, no. It's a matter of when you're going to trade them then, more than anything. It is, yeah. I mean, and it's so frustrating because the story for so many years has been, well, the A's need a new ballpark, and we absolutely do. And it's very difficult to build in California. We... <laughs> It's looking vaguely hopeful at the moment. We've got plans for a new one and it's going along the planning process, but that takes a long time. And until shovels in the ground, none of us are overly confident it will happen. But it's always this, well, maybe it will come and maybe it will come and then it will be in three years time and five years time. And you, you would just want finally for things to change for us because it gets a bit tiring. Um, and yeah, it really is the case. I mean, we've had it this past off season with Marcus Semyon and Liam Hendricks. It, it never re even came in our minds that we would potentially put a competitive offer to them. We knew they were gone, um, which is a shame because, you know, these are the guys who we love. Marcus Semyon was a big fan favorite. Oli and Chappie are too. And it's always hard to, you know, we, we joke about it in A's UK about getting players on the back of a jersey. So there's no point really, because they're soon be, going to become relics. Uh, I think Dom has got a Jed Lowry jersey. So Wait, he's wow. now potentially returned for the third time. So he, he's the smart one, you know, it always comes back into fashion with us. But yeah, it, 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 is, it is a shame, but it's something we just get used to, unfortunately. I've seen some of your posts on social media about this. So what is the fans feeling on the ownership in general then? I mean, I, what, from what you say, it's pretty negative, right? But Yeah, it is very negative because if we were a small market and didn't have a rich owner, you could say, well, they're doing what we can. The reality is Oakland and the Bay Area itself is certainly a big enough market for two big major league teams. Um, the other owners think that because they about four or five years ago, the other owners basically voted so that the A's wouldn't get revenue sharing anymore because they were like, well, the market you're in, you shouldn't need it. Your problem is you haven't got a ballpark. You need to sort it out. And that was part of their way to try and force us to do it by stripping us of the revenue sharing. And our owners, John Fisher, he's the owner of Gap. He's worth over $2 billion. So it's like, it, it, it's a choice that we're not spending more money. And that's what makes it frustrating. Like I say, if it was a local guy who loved the A's, he only had a limited pot of money, you could say, okay, fair enough. But it's very much a choice that we're not spending money. And again, it's always this promise of, well, when the new ballpark gets here, it'll be different. But we've seen that with the Miami Marlins, that's what they said. And it was there for one year when they signed a bunch of free agents and then traded them all away and they've kind of gone back to what they were. So there's a, there's a long history of kind of broken promises really. Um, yeah. Which, Incre yeah. Incredibly frustrating. And we look at it from a, another point of view with an owner that gets a lot of stick amongst the fan base for his meddling and some of the big free agent signings you've seen us make and obviously haven't been successful. Um, but I guess we have to, do we have to be thankful? At least he, does put his money where his mouth is quite often. We do go out and keep, we keep our own free agents. Look at the deal we gave to Trout. I mean, there was no way he was letting him out of the building. So <laughs> I don't know. I look at it. I see your perspective. Yeah, yeah it's so true. But, you know, yeah, we, we, we you know, we, we've discussed Fisher, John Fisher a lot. And it's, it's always, you kind of have to be careful what you wish for because you might think, well, we just want him out, but you never know what the next guy's like. And you're exactly right. Um, with the Angels, you, you you can be frustrated about how they spend the money, but there's no question he wants to win. And from the A's point of view, we've got no idea if our owner wants to win. He's never spoken to the fans in 15 years of owning a team. So we have no idea what he thinks about or cares about. And that's what makes it so frustrating. You know, people, people will always do down the A's because the Coliseum isn't a modern stadium, shall we say. And, you know, the fan base, at the moment is fairly low, but there's a reason for that because of 20 odd years of being treated like dirt, frankly. Um, yeah. And yeah, th there is a, 
it's frustrating because we know from the past in the 80s and the 70s the team has been a big market with good players big crowds it can happen again it needs it needs a new ballpark and investment and hopefully one day we'll get it so that's the frustration and i i think actually i speak for all of us i think we all want oakland to get a new ballpark and have that new new life i mean (laughs) No, nobody wants to see the, the situation that's currently in with the ownership. But let's look at the positives. And anyone that's listened to me previously will know I don't do the classic thing, which people always play down the Oakland days every single year and say, you, you know what, this isn't the year they're going to do well. And recently, they just keep putting it in, keep winning games, keep winning games. So there are positives, right? And this year, do you expect it to be more of the same? I certainly do. I think, I mean, we'll talk about it more generally as a group, but I don't think there's really a standout team in the West this year. I think, you know, I, I look at the A's and think we've got a good chance to be very competitive again. Do I think we guaranteed to win a division? No. But I think we'll be right in there with the Astros, potentially the Angels, depending on how you go. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty of reason to be optimistic. You know, we, we lost some key free agents in Semyon and Hendricks, but the work the front office has done with very little money to actually rebuild the bullpen and give ourselves a chance has been really impressive. If you'd have asked us like a month ago, it was all despondency and God, we've got no one on our roster virtually. And in a space of one month, they've made a whole series of moves, no big stars or anything, but you can see it now. I think, yeah, this is a, it looks like it could be a good bullpen, decent start and rotation, potentially a good batting lineup and good fielding teams. So this is a team that can be competitive and, you know, you can't really sniff at that, really. Jason, so what do you think there? He's mentioned the Astros and the Angels as potential rivals for the division, but I didn't hear the Mariners in there. <laughs> what, what do you think about that? I think it's absolutely spot on. I, I see us as a 75 win team. I think we're aiming for a 500 season. Uh, we've got a lot of young guys. Uh, hitting's not that great, but solid defensively. Our pitching's still a bit questionable, still a little bit young. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a better season than last year. I'm hoping for maybe a 500 club. And I'm kind of hoping maybe the following year we sign a big free agent and that kind of pushes over the hump. But yeah, no, you guys are the top three and we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, so you've obviously got um, a friend of ours, Jerry DePoto, um, loves a bit of a wheeler-dealer and a half-decent uh, bit of a uh, scouting mission as well. So obviously he's got Seattle in a top-10 farm system at the moment. Is there anyone in particular that you're looking forward to coming up? I think you're looking at uh, Kelsenick. You're curious to see what's going on. Everyone knows that his service time is being manipulated. It's been said by the former president. So, um, I mean, the guy just mashes. I think we've solved the problem of not worrying about his service time being manipulated because he, he's got an injury right now. So he's out for the first couple of weeks with, uh, I think, it's a strained rib. So, I, you know, I wanted to see him up. I wanted to see what we can do. We kind of lost a year of him kind of being in the spring training site last year. So, um, yeah, he's the guy I'm excited about most. But uh, it seems like he's itching to leave Seattle as soon as possible as well. That's always a, that's always a good sign to uh, be wanting to leave so quickly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so one more one more question for you. So someone I was particularly impressed with last year was Carl Lewis as well, obviously AL Rookie of the Year. How good can he be? Obviously, we see him in glimpses when when we come to town and play play Seattle, but you would have seen him a lot more than us. Just how good is this this lad? So I, I'm a big fan of Kyle Lewis. Um, he's obviously more mature. You look at most of the rookies against him against like Lewis Robert. Uh, I think he's got three or four years on him there. So he's obviously an older player there. So I think his his ceiling is probably not as high as, say, Robert, but his floor, his floor is the same. So um, he's a joy to watch. He clearly enjoys what he's doing out there. I love seeing him out in center field there. He, it, brings back glimpses of Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, and he definitely brings a bit of excitement to a club that needs some excitement. You could certainly say that again, can't you? I mean, what's the drought now? Oh, gosh. Uh, since 2001 is the last time we made the playoffs there, and it seems like we've been rebuilding since 2006. So uh, <laughs> you can't throw that all on Jerry for that one. Uh, there were some interesting years around there. Um, and uh, if you haven't watched that documentary on the Mariners about the most interesting team of baseball, I highly recommend it. And they totally bash us on there, which is pretty much well-deserved. Dave did use the uh, the friend Jerry DePoto ironically earlier. We do not have fond memories of his time in that time. <laughs> it must be said. He left as a very... It's kind of funny the approach he's taken, actually, at the Mariners, because he left an extremely depleted farm system uh, in Anaheim. We sort of went all in and 
got knocked out, got had the top record in the AL in 2014, and then lost in the first round of the playoffs, as I'm sure everyone is aware, with Mike Trout having three playoff games in his career, uh, and, and did not leave the ball club in a very good place. And we are still struggling to recover now. So I'm hopeful for you that Jerry's doing a much better job there, but I guess only time will tell when these prospects come up. Well, you never know. By the time opening day starts, we would trade half our roster. So I really don't know who's on the team at any given time. So, uh, yeah, you know, when he first came on, I was kind of like, ah, you know, he's, he's trading everybody. He's Some have hit, some have definitely not hit. So uh, I, I think you guys are probably better off without him, if I'm honest. And finally then, what is your prediction? As a, as a somewhat neutral here, what's your prediction for the division? Oh, man. Um... Oakland on top, they're always sneaky good. It's always something about Oakland. They're always just kind of hanging about. Uh, and then it's a toss-up toss between you and the Astros. So uh, if you guys have the pitching, I'll go with the Angels. If the pitching doesn't hold up, then it's definitely going to be the Astros there. So, uh, But it's a key season for everyone. For you guys, you guys are building on the momentum you have. Otani's back and it looks like in full strength. Uh, the Astros have a couple of players that are key for free agency. So um, we're kind of hoping that when you guys are sliding down, we can slide up next year. When I release this podcast, I might try and get the uh, the video clip of George's face when you put the Astros in third there. <laughs> he remembers whose show he's on. That's all I think. <laughs> I actually, I said on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, that if we finish above the A's, we'll be in the playoffs. And I, I believe that. I think they're that good. So if we finish above them, I think we'll be where we need to be. So I, I, I like, your, uh, I like your, your rankings there. I could see that. Uh, George, I want to come to you now for a reaction. What yeah, you... I'm still I'm still trying to pick my jaw up off the floor after that. But um, I I hate to burst your bubble, both you, Nick and Dave. I, you're not finishing above the ace. You're not finishing above the ace. Um, I think you'd be better. You, well, yeah, I mean that that goes without saying. You're not going to finish above us. But I think um, I think in general, as I was saying at the start of the show, it's going to be a tight division this year. I think I think that you'll definitely, in terms of from an Angels perspective, I think you're definitely going to show signs of improvement. I think it's long overdue. Um, I'm quite excited to actually see how, how you guys do. In terms of the division itself, I think that people are potentially putting too much stock into 2020 when we were pretty rancid um, for the majority of that. And I think um, people are underrating the... The remaining Astros obviously got Carlos Correa in uh, what's a contract year. So I think I, I expect if, if he can stay healthy, which has always been the big question about Carlos Correa, if he can stay healthy for 162 games, I would say right now he's going to have an absolute monster season. Um, you've got Alex Bregman, who's again looking to rebound uh, along with Jose Altuve after both having poor regular seasons last year. I think our lineup, this, even, even without George Springer, Add Jordan Alvarez coming back in. I think it's it's potentially got the kind of um it's, it's still got that explosive factor to it, and it was huge for us keeping Michael Brantley because had he left, that was sort of that was that was like the glue coming out of the of the lineup. He, having his his approach at the plate, his plate discipline, and and being such a professional hitter like he is, keeping the line moving, that is going to be essential for us this year to try and um, ch you know churn out. The kind of offensive output which we'll need to win against them um, uh, to win the division versus again what what uh, like what Bubba was saying was was is a, is a a sneaky good I think it's a good way of putting it, a sneaky good A's team that uh, are always going to be there or thereabouts before they picked up the players like um, Matt was saying before they picked up the players that they had recently uh, particularly I think it's Rosenthal the um, uh, the closer because when Liam Hendricks left. I was starting to think that perhaps that the A's were coming were slightly coming unstuck ahead of the season, but I think that's not, not necessarily going to be the case as much. So yeah, I mean, if I was going to predict the league, the, the division, sorry, I was going to predict it. I'd say Astros on top, probably winning in the region of maybe 90, 91 games. We certainly won't be going anywhere near 100. Um, those days are probably long gone, but um, I think that the A's will be maybe four or five games back. And then the Angels third. Mariners, like what Bubba was, Bubba was saying, is it's not quite their time yet, uh, despite having players like Kyle Lewis, who already looks like he's going to be a, a, a perennial thorn on our side from the performances he put in last year against us. And the Rangers will definitely be um, propping things up at the bottom. 
Interesting. So how how long do you think this window lasts then for the Astros, particularly players like Altuve, who shown decline, a lot of negative trends there last year. Uh, how how far do you think this window goes? I th- yeah, I think um, it's, it's, it really does depend on on a couple of things. I mean, first and foremost, can the club keep Carlos Correa there? The, the smart money says no. Um, as much as all Astros fans would be mortified devastated etc to hear that the highest amount of money we've ever given to a free agent was Carlos Lee I think it was 52 million dollars back in I forget the year um, but it, long story short it's going to take a lot more than that to keep Correa at the club and if we did it would be a huge statement of intent uh, and he's the type of clubhouse leader and, and just a, a phenomenal talent uh, that, that would be able to ex- almost extend a window not quite on his own but as in he would be he would be the centerpiece of that I think I think it's not quite as cut and dried as, as if he goes that the window closes though because I think that with James Click as as the GM now he's quite clearly even looking at the pitching acquisitions that we've made recently even even getting um Jacob De Rizzi in the in the, in the last few days uh, after Framber Valdez got injured type of sort of sly moves here and there shrewd moves to try and get players who aren't necessarily superstars but are going to do a very good job for us and not at a premium price I think that's that's probably the way that we're going to be looking beyond 2021. I, I, I don't think it's quite as cut and dry as, oh, Correa leaves the window shuts. I think it's more going to be a case of we maybe be more looking at the type of profile like a raise to do that sort of team where we're not look. I mean, obviously, I know it's where he came from, James Click, but I think it will be looking at that type of model. I don't I don't think we're still not going to start, you know, tear everything down and, and, and go through the whole tanking process again. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd probably appreciate it if you did go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, yeah, no, probably if you not. If you begin with the Astros and suggest a rebuild, that would be great. <sighs> Correa, though, I mean, yeah. obviously, just touching him, fantastic player, and actually in a field of fantastic shortstops that are going to be available next, um, next offseason. Mm-hmm. Do you think that might play into your advantage, just that he's not Possibly. the only premium option in the market? And also... Possibly. His health early in his career wasn't great, was it? I mean, there's been no issues there. So, so all of these things, to me personally, I mean, from the outside, suggest there's a better chance of re-signing than others. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. there, there it's not it's not it's not there's not it's not a zero percent chance that we'll we'll keep him. I, I just think that with with how good he is, particularly defensively. I mean, his arm. I don't know if you guys get a chance to watch Astros games that much, but uh, outside of when we play you, but his his arm is is an absolute cannon, and and the amount of plays that we that we make on the basis of, of the power of his arm, we will enormously miss that. Whoever replaces him, even if we even if um if you if you move if he moved on in free agency and then we switched Bregman over to short, which is where he started his career, I think um that would you know we we would miss that enormously, and I, I think. Even with the other factors, I think there'll be another team that's willing to just throw the big bucks at him, and, and that's that's the big problem because we're not going to match that. I, I don't I don't know what the, the sort of ceiling is on what we would offer him, both years and money wise. I I can I can imagine it would be in the region of maybe seven 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 year deal, maybe seven or eight years. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you wouldn't be going for anything anything anywhere near approaching the types of lengths of contract that obviously Bryce Harper got or, or Mike Trout got all of these types of ones I think it would be uh, particularly like I said with the injury record that's never going to happen but uh, I, I'm still sceptical I hope I hope that you're right and it does kind of end up going that way but I, I don't really see it unfortunately I guess final one from me then how big a blow was it to lose the video monitors in free agency that's my answer for you mate that silence is my answer for you Tough crowd tonight. Very tough crowd. <laughs> um, moving on, as George doesn't want to admit how awful his <laughs> team are, I thought we'd have a, a bit of a fun stab here since it's we've discussed, we actually think it's probably quite a good division. Uh, I think it's a sneaky good division. People won't expect it to be, but I think there are three teams here that could be 85, 90 plus wins. Also, the Mariners, who I think if things come together, could easily be around 500, um, I, I think is good. So I thought we'd try and put together some sort of AL West dream team for this season coming up. 
And I, I'm going to adjudicate to a certain level, but obviously I have my own biases. And I think on some positions, such as third base, I can already see the arguments now. We might get Jason to pick his favourite on that one because <laughs> I think we're all going to be rooting for our own guy. Uh, so let's just let's just start it off with a catcher and whoever wants to jump in because I know there's certain positions for the Angels I would not even bother pitching our players for. Uh, who who has a catcher they think is the uh, the premium catcher in the West? I guess the question is, can you even name who the Mariners catcher is? So that puts me at the bottom of the list. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a catcher who's got a long track record, but we've got a good young catcher in Sean Murphy who um, really did start to come to the fore last season in that shortened season. And as we all know, last year, whether it was good or bad, you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt, like with Altuve last year. You can look at about an average. It was a handful of games. You can't write him off for that. But Murphy is someone who has always, he's got a very strong arm. He's developing on the defensive side overall, but he's a good catcher. He's never going to be probably a big batting average guy, but he can hit the ball a long way. Uh, we talk about him hitting big boy home runs. In fact, that's one of our big flags. We've got a big flag being made at the moment that's going over to Oakland for Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy hits big boy home runs. So I wouldn't say he's going to go on and be an MVP by any stretch of the imagination, but I could see a couple of all-star games in his future. He's a good young catcher and definitely someone to keep an eye on. There we go. That's the start. For us, we have Max Stassi, who had a breakout year last year. George knows him well. Can't sass the stats, mate. Can't sass the stats. The infamous phrase. The infamous phrase. <laughs> And started out at Oakland, didn't he? I think we drafted him, I think. Oh, is that right? So he's done the rounds. Didn't know that. Uh, he had a breakout last year. He was excellent. Hit a lot of home runs comparison to his career norms. Although we'll see what happens with the dead and ball. I personally probably still wouldn't put him up there. He's a good defensive catcher as well. Um, he's never going to be a star. And I've seen a bit of Sean Murphy and I think probably got a bit more about his game, particularly offensively. Uh, George? Jason, does anyone want to raise on Murphy? Well, I mean, as, as a hitter, I certainly wouldn't put Martin Maldonado up there. But in terms of last year, his, his management of what was a, an enormous number of rookie pitchers that we had to use in, in the wake of injuries to Verlander, to Asuna and, and, and others, um, he did a tremendous job of, of getting these young guys, you know, keeping them calm out there on the mound and delivering, sort of getting them through that first season in their careers um so i think i, I won't I, I wouldn't necessarily push him just on the basis of the fact that his bat isn't consistent enough but i think um there's definitely an argument to be said that having a, a catcher with that type of experience and calmness and he's also he's, he's, he's a very good defensive catcher is is in terms of throwing people out catching people getting caught, catching people stealing is um is excellent so um i'm kind of on the fence as to whether i'm trying to argue for him here we we love Machetti over here as well. I mean, we, we've experienced Maldonado and yeah, he's a great catcher, a great clubhouse guy. Fun guy, yeah, fun guy. Very I think fun. when you look across the majors, catcher's a slightly weak position at the moment, isn't it? Agreed, I mean, definitely. the various different positions kind of go through ups and downs. Third base, shortstop has been really hot recently. And catcher, there are a few good guys out there, but like Real Muto. But I think across, especially when you look at it from a fantasy baseball perspective, there aren't that many big stars out there at the moment it's quite a, a low crop at the moment i would say agree definitely agree with that so i think if we're going with that i think if you were drafting these catchers in fantasy the guy you're probably going for is murphy just for that home run potential yeah. uh, so let's plug him in there that's one for the a's one to the a's come on to the a's. right let's go first base who's going to jump in on this one well i mean i would normally say yuli gurriel but he was absolutely Terrible last season, and it's uh, and so was Matt Olson in his yeah. own words. He stunk last year. <laughs> well, I was yeah. gonna say Jared Walsh, so um, because he was fantastic in September. <laughs> no, no love for Albert, who? No, unfortunately, <laughs> there'll be no 10 year deals from me. That's <laughs> who? Future Hall of Famer, Albert Pujols, first ballot, mate. Mate, if you put him up against the Astros every week, every day, he'd be still, still be hitting about 380. So, yeah. Well. Jason, who's playing first for the Mariners this year? You have another young guy there, don't you? Is yeah, we got, I, he can't hit the, uh, his own weight, but yeah, he can field. He'll, he'll definitely get some gold gloves in there. But yeah, 
uh, yeah, he's, he struggles about like I, I was hoping he'd do much better. He was um, everyone said, don't draft a right-handed first baseman, you know, in the first round, of course, being the Mariners, we drafted a right-handed first baseman in the first round. So uh, we're hoping it gets better. <laughs> That's not what you want, really a light hitting first baseman, is it? I'm kind of hoping he goes kind of like the Mark Grace, John Oldroad route, where maybe you can eventually the, the bat will be there and the glove will always be there. But I think that might be a huge stretch. Yeah, I think so. So I think on this one, I'm just going to make a decision. Gerald Walsh doesn't have the track record. Sorry, Dave. Guriel and Olsen obviously do. Guriel's getting on in age more so. I'm picking Olsen. I'm picking Ooh. Olsen here. I'm going 2-0 two, two to the A's. Which moves us nicely onto second base. Well, we ain't got a second baseman, so you're fine on this one, George. We have. <laughs> this, is actually, this is actually one where we are going to disagree, and yeah. I'm probably going to lose this battle. But I have to put David Fletcher forward, who is probably one of, if not the most underrated hitter. Good player. Yeah, good player. Total pest. As an opposing fan, a complete and utter pest. Definitely, yeah. In a good way. Yeah, I think that describes him well. He does just everything everything well nothing there's nothing really outstanding but he's going to bat above 300 he's going to get on base in front of trout he's going to score a lot of runs that way he's going to steal bags he's he's a gold glove caliber second baseman uh, he's only tre- he's trending upwards in war as well over the last few years he's only he's only getting better right now and then the question obviously here is jose altuve he's coming back he's coming back this is going to be a, this is going to be a big bounce back here for him i think if he hadn't had that Offensive explosion with his bat in in the postseason, I'd be worried or more worried. But I'm still, I'm not gonna lie, there's still definitely a concern there because uh, he was actually really, really poor during the regular season. But then, like I said, in October, it was just like a, a switch, and suddenly he, he he just couldn't miss. And I think it was five home runs. His OPS was 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 nuts, and um, it was it was like the real the real Altuve was back. I'm expecting him. I'm expecting him to be to, to be. A, Maybe not at the top of his game anymore, but like somewhere cl- much closer to that than, than was the case last year. I would be very surprised if he's healthier. I would be very surprised if we didn't see him return to, you know, hitting around 300, hopefully slightly north of that, but around 300 um, with a decent amount of power for someone obviously of his size um, and hopefully a, a return to the, 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 the good defence that, Suddenly uh, deserted him in, in in the ALCS last year, so I, I would I would always vouch for my man Jose Altuve. is just an absolute oh, love the guy. Unfortunately, as much as I love David Fletcher and he probably is in my top five favorite players in MLB right now, the track record Altuve has and only one bad year really. I can't really not put him in there. So Astros get on the board there. Hey. sliding into second base unless Jason has anyone for the Mariners that I haven't heard of <laughs> exactly we live basement. we've got a couple guys that are up in the air so yeah I'd go with Altuve I, I just like watching him play like the guy's five foot five and he's mashing the ball he's just fun to watch yeah, yeah. definitely short short stop then um yeah Carlos Correa the guy is is is, is a leader he is uh, an athlete he is unbelievably powerful when he's on his game he is breathtaking to watch and we've we've been well I, mean, I guess we've, we've missed out on that on a number of seasons where he's been injured for, for long periods but when when everything clicks for him is yeah, oh man he's 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 an extraordinary talent and uh, I, I i think he's in my eyes i would say he's the best shortstop in the game but obviously i'm biased but i would say that i'm fighting a losing battle here and i I'm not actually trying to win this one because I think Correa probably will win. But we do look like we have snagged another wizard yet shortstop after seeing the wizardry of Andrelton Simmons for many, many years. We have seemed to have got another one if spring training is anything to go by because Jose Iglesias has come in and not really missed a beat. He's making the same sort of plays that Simmons made for years. And he had an offensive breakout last year, which small samples, really small sample size. But I think he's going to be good and he's plugged into the lineup. He'll be probably our nine hitter. And I think he's a very good addition to our team on the sly, actually. I don't think people have noticed that he's come in. I think he'll probably be a better bat than Simmons was with the same sort of level. Maybe not quite Simmons level defense because, I mean, he's one of the best of all time. Um, But I think Iglesias, very good player. 
Yeah, I mean, the A's have now got Elvis Andrus, who they brought in a trade from Texas, who's clearly not the player he once was. So I wouldn't put him over, well, even in Glazius, to be honest, the mind career, who is, from an A's point of view, annoyingly good. <laughs> I, I second that. Yeah, he is. Uh, Jason? Yeah, I would say it's Korea. I mean, we can't deny that. But I think what the nice thing is, is everyone's really good defensively up the, up the middle. So it, they're all fun to watch. So I think that's a, a good thing. That's one of the reasons I like J.P. Crawford. He's just slick with a glove. You know, um, I was kind of hoping that uh, you guys would downgrade with Inglésias, but it didn't happen there. So <laughs> we'll see. But, yeah, it's got to be Korea. I mean, he's got the glove. He's got the bat. Yeah, unfortunately – this is not looking good on an Angels podcast, but that's two for the Astros, two for the A's. This is a ridiculous idea at the moment, Nick. This ain't looking good for us at all. But now we're going to move on to third base, so someone else... Yeah, I'm, I'm not backing down. This, this is Vendome. He's a MVP calibre. Um, he, he, he had a great year last year. Over 162 this year. I can't wait to see him get to work. I think he's going to have the same sort of level we had with the Nats. Uh, you, you've got MVP, AL MVP candidate there and at third base. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not wrong. He's a great player. He's Anthony Rendon's class act. And um, yeah, uh, he, he's, yeah, I still got nightmares about World Series Game 7. But um, yeah, it, he's, he's a fantastic player. I think it's it's a real toss-up in the division. I, obviously, I love Alex Bregman. He had a really poor year. Last year, he's, cut, he's got a hamstring injury, which he's trying to get, get over at the moment. So, um, uh, he's always been a slow starter as well. So, uh, if, if, if Bregman can hit sort of hit his straps come May, uh, I think then he'll have a, a big year as well. But I, I, I'm slightly anxious about it, to, to be quite honest. But in terms of generally speaking, uh, I, I think he's a, 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 Alex Bregman is a phenomenal player and any team would, would love to have him if they didn't already have players like Rendon and, and Chapman in those positions. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, the AL West, AL, West, AL West at third base is just oh, so man. stacked, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, time. I mean, that's going to be a fun competition this year. Like yeah. you say, if Rendon's there for 162 games, you've got Bregman, you've got Chappie, you know, they're three of the best yeah. in the majors. And Chappie was... He was really hobbled last year with a hip injury, which he tried to play through... Mm which was just his character, especially in a short season, they thought they could manage it, really started to affect him at the plate and then even started affecting him in the field, making mistakes, throwing errors he would never make. He knew mm. he wasn't right. So they decided for him to undergo hip surgery, which was a blow to not have him for the playoffs. But he's come into camp. He started playing in the fields and spring training games already. So hopefully he'll be back to Harry Walls. And he's such a good all-round player and has the type of character I mean, a bit like a Bregman and a Correa. He's just got that sort of, you know, puts his chest out. He he wants to be the best. And I think that's a really good attitude to have. One of the reasons why he's clearly not going to stay with the A's, he's already made that pretty clear. He wants to go and play for some bigger team, I suspect. But yeah, really good player. And yeah, it's going to be a really good battle between those three third basemen. Difficult to pick one. I mean, I think we'd all just go for our guy and yeah. leave it to leave yeah. it to uh, Bubba to... To pick, pick. Go on. See, see who you're going to make happy and who you're going to make angry. I can't put Kyle Seeger out there. Come on. I mean, you can. <laughs> Besides, like his, I think they put his house in the market because, uh, yeah, he's just not worth his, his, his contract according to the management. But uh, uh, you know, it's a tough one. All three of those guys are amazing. Um, what's going to do it for me? It's going to be Bregman. I like a bit of a heel. You know, he's outspoken. <laughs> I like. You know, Good man. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think Randone probably has a better season, but I, I said I, I like the people that are a little bit outspoken, and, and um, he gives a, a little bit more the game a little more interesting that way. That's that's what Bregman was missing. Sorry to cut across there. That's that's what Bregman was missing last year. He didn't have any of that swagger at all, so he needs that back this year. I totally agree with Bubba. So I actually set out some parameters at the start of this. It was <laughs> on-field performance for the coming year. I've got this quoted here. Rendon <laughs> had the best of year. Giving the point to Anthony Rendon. The Angels are on the board. <laughs> you, know, you said baseball needs a couple of villains. You know, I like Joey Votto. Uh, not real fan of Trevor Bauer, but, you know, I do like uh, the back and forth that goes on between them all. So uh, that was the way I was going to go with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to go to the outfield. I'm not going to do it position-wise because 
one of them's already locked up and we'll just be fighting over two. So who are our three outfield? Sorry, our two outfielders alongside Mike Trout? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I, I think Kyle Tucker had a good, a very good season last year, but can he, can he replicate that over 162? Jury's out. No one knows. Um, so I, I, I would, I'd like to, to say Kyle Tucker. But that's mainly because the rest of our outfields <laughs> not looking so hot anymore. But yeah, Kyle Tucker. Yeah, it, it's interesting. But I think you, you look across the West, the infield looked really good across the AOS teams, and the outfield, other than obviously Trout, um, is an area of you know you've got a few maybes and the guys who might have a big year but no real surefire hits. I mean, with the A's. Loriano has been really good and seems like he, he's not quite put the full season together yet all across the board, but maybe this year will be it. I know um, Kevin Goldstein, who was the guy who used to be the Astros. I remember him doing a chat very recently on Fangraphs where he said that kind of letting Loriano go was one of the mistakes he'd made or the team had made because, you know, he's really come on leaps and bounds uh, when he isn't trying to charge an entire dugout on his own as he tried last year. But that's kind of part of his attitude. He's a fiery character and he's the sort of person who sometimes you scratch your head and think, oh, what have you done that for, man? But you wouldn't want to take that away from him because that's part of the passion he has. So I definitely think Gloriano is a guy who both on both sides of the ball could really come out of nowhere and kind of really jump up a level, perhaps unexpectedly. Yeah. And Jason, I think you might actually get on the board here. Uh, you know, I think Kyle Lewis, he doesn't have a track record, but I'm at least I'm out there. But, I, you know, I was going to say Loriano as well. I, I think both sides of the plate, he's definitely up, up there. Um, and then I, I, I would say Otani, but you don't know if he's DH in the outfield or he's pitching that day. So let's get that guy go with. We'll get to that. But I actually agree with you. I would say our outfielders are Kyle Lewis, Mike Trout, and Loriano. And as Jason just sort of led in there, we got DH position, and I will 100% be backing Shohei Atani there. Um, I... I'm going to go Jordan, Jordan Alvarez. He's, he's going to mash this year, mate. I, he might mash, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as Atani. <laughs> How many? I guess the, the, the question there would be, they've obviously both had their injury concerns. You would expect Alvarez to get consistently across the season plate appearances whereas Otani I don't know quite what they're going for this year with him when he's going to be in the lineup compared to mm. when he's going to be pitching but that, that's always the issue with Otani are you going to get more than 300 plate appearances from him I guess even though it's going to be real quality when he does yeah right. yeah I mean he's in a six-man rotation there's no nothing special this year he'll just pitch on his turn mm. not not obviously bat day before day after but the rest of the time will be DHing. I really struggle not to go with Otani here. I mean, he's just a phenom, isn't he? Like, there's nobody like him. Yeah, true. He hit one over the... I just... One thing is, to be honest, I might pitch him for the rotation anyway, so... I'm going to let you have Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've come on the show and I've got Alvarez in there. I love it. Good man. Only because I am going to start on our starting rotation now and say a healthy Shohei Otani is one of our frontline starters in there. I mean, he's... I don't know anyone seen his spring training uh, so far, but yeah, he played against the A's. Yeah. <laughs> he only plays against the A's. Yeah, I know. I know. He's a bit like we we used to have that with King Phoenix of Seattle, where pretty much every opening day we had to face King Phoenix and he beat us up. And now it's 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 become Otani now. But yeah, he. I mean, he he was not quite really locked in with his command in that start that first start against the A's, but his stuff was already right there. I mean. Yeah. He is some sort of athlete. He really is. He gave and, up a couple of you runs. Know. Five, five Ks. I mean, he got five batters out, didn't he? Five Ks. Yeah. Three yeah. on splitters. I mean, he just... Yeah. I mean, I think you, you've got to be a bit of a strange baseball fan to not love watching him play. What, with what he can do at the plate and on the mound, it's really incredible that he can do that at such a level on both sides of the ball. That's, you know, so definitely as an exciting player to watch, you would want Otani on your team. Definitely. Tani's in there then, and to be honest, that's probably the last rotation piece I'm going to pitch for us, unless Dave has Lord Bundy. Do you want to do you want to talk up Lord Bundy? Well, I would I would happily talk up Lord Bundy. I mean, if we're going for a six man rotation, if we're having Otani in there, you know, <laughs> you can you can just uh, slide Bundy into your DMs there, can't you, and just have him in there. 
you know. And in this sort of rotation, he'll be the perfect four or five guy, actually, because obviously he's not top end like he is for us. But the season he had last year was just fantastic. Um, it was Bundelicious almost. So, yeah, <laughs> you can have Bundy in there. Some Cy Young votes. We'll see. We'll see who else is being put forward. Who wants to jump in on this one? I'll jump in. I think Marco Gonzalez, like I said, he did start there and then kind of faltered in the end. So I'm just hoping he puts it together this season. Uh, the rest of the, it's a bunch of young guys. We've got Paxton back, but uh, we'll see how big Maple does. Uh, you know, he's, he's coming off an injury and he just needs to be at full strength and we'll trade him at some point to get some other prospects. So we're only getting a half season of him anyways. Well, Gonzalez loves a win against us, doesn't he? So he sort of goes in there because he's undefeated. He's I lost us. in years. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny you guys mentioned King Felix because every time I watch King Felix pitch against the Angels, Mike Trout always seemed to homer against him. Didn't matter when, but it was like, all right, what things you to homer off Felix this time? I think you can say that about every pitcher, though. <laughs> I think, to be fair, with Trout. Yeah, not far off. Yeah. I mean, from Leo's point of view, I guess the, the guy that was a surprise last year was Chris Bassett, who really just kind of put together a season you didn't expect. Whether he's quite going to repeat that again this year, I think is more in doubt. So the guy I would go with from the A side is Jesus Lazardo, who's a really talented young pitcher. He's pitched today in spring training. I know it doesn't really count, but four innings in his first start in spring training, struck out a load of guys. Um, he's someone, again, who, because he's a young pitcher, he'll still have his ups and downs this year, but you could really see with his stuff, he's got so much poise for a young pitcher as well you could see him really taking a step this year. So I would definitely, I, I expect him to be our best pitcher. I don't think he's going to be in a Cy Young award stakes or anything, but I think he's definitely going to be our best pitcher this year. And what about Manaya? Well, Manaya, the, the issue always with him is, can he put it together? He had the bad shoulder injury, which he came back from quite quickly and did really well in 2019 at the end of the season. Um, he was pretty hit and miss last year. Again, it's really difficult to judge last year. Players just didn't have the usual preparation. Um, I think he's someone who, if you're expecting him to be an ace level type of pitcher, is going to disappoint you as a good number three. I think he can definitely do that. We'll put him in the mix. George, who are you pitching for the Astros here? Well, I would have gone 100% for Fran Valdez before his injury because um, he was incredible last year and he's got this deadly curveball that no one really knew he had before in, in the season before that when he just looked pretty average. Um, and he had he looked like a pitcher who had a lot of talent but couldn't put it together. He I know he was seeing a, a therapist before last season to, to sort of get his mind right and uh, it really did show. In his absence, um, I would put Jose Okidi, who is, again, we keep using the phrase on, this, on the show today, but sneaky good. He is a very talented pitcher. And I think um, I was tipping him for a big year last year before everything obviously got shut down and he got COVID and was out for quite a while anyway. But I think he's going to have a big year this year. So I'd go Jose Okidi. What's the expectations with Grenke this year? And uh, my natural instinct was Zach Grenke is the best pitcher. Has he been a bit of a disappointment or, or is it you're not quite sure what you'll get from him? Yeah, I think it's more, it's, I think it's, it's, it's more that plus he's getting older. I mean, it's, it's just it's natural that he's not he's not got the kind of life on his fastball anymore. He's a, a, an absolute master with the off-speed stuff and he can, he can so that Ephus that, um, pitch he's got is ridiculous, the one which is like 50 miles an hour and, and still still um, getting strikes with it. But I think... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's been a disappointment, but I just he's he's not been the kind of pitcher that perhaps some people expected, probably unreasonably, just because it's the back end of his career. Uh, I just think I'm looking more at the future of this Astros rotation, and I think that the the promise shown by the young guys, Ed Christian Javier last year, who was also in his debut season, was superb. Um, not a starter, but an early Paredes was was great as well. And I, I'm sort of looking at the, at, at the at the future really rather than the older brigade. I, I mean, I was tempted to say Lance McCullers, but as much as I love Lance McCullers, when I watch him, he doesn't fill me with a great degree of sort of uh, uh, security. I sort of I watch him thinking that he sometimes pitches too much using his emotions, and that is not ideal. Uh, obviously, in the, in, the, in, the, in the biggest games, and that might be slightly harsh but I, I feel that sometimes he lets his uh, emotions kind of dictate how he pitches uh, which which is a shame because on his day he's fantastic so I, I'll still stick with Jose Akidi Good so that's our rotation then we're going to go Otani, Akidi 
Lozardo, Gonzalez, and Lord Bundy. We're sticking him in there just so I can save some face on this Angels pod. Because did, did, did Rangers have any good pitches left? Well, I can't remember. Point. We kind of ignored the Rangers all night, haven't we? Yeah, we, we I mean, probably... that's been fair enough, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Billy. Sorry. We probably should have put uh, Joey Gallo up for DH, maybe. Yeah, that's a fair shout, actually. Yeah. In fact, let's slide him in there. I think we can probably... Oh, well, not that fair. But... We, can, we can probably slide. I'm sliding Gallo in there. I think they deserve him. They've got to have someone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. someone's got to go in there. Yeah. Mascot? You should stick the mascot in, I don't know. <laughs> the new ballpark, maybe. Yeah, we'll play it there, Blaz. Yeah. Finally, then, let's do the closer. I'm not going to go through a pen because nobody wants that. But closer... <laughs> I'm actually going to go with our closer, Rysel Iglesias, who has been one of the most consistent closers over the last four years in baseball. Stacked up a lot of saves with the Reds. And I look across the division, I know that the A's have obviously made a bit of a splash with Rosenthal. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying this because you're going to talk about them in a second. But Rosenthal yeah. and obviously Ryan Presley as well. Friend of friend of the show for George. But Very much. Who, who would you put forward there? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Ryan Presley as a pitcher. And um, like I said, I, I was lucky enough to speak to him at length recently on my show. And he, he very level-headed guy, very easy going. But I, I, he's not, for, for me, I don't like seeing him as a closer personally. I think he's much more your eighth-inning sort of setup guy where he's deadly. And he he broke the, you know, the scoreless, consecutive scoreless innings record, um, so appearances record for... Um, for the Astros when he joined from the Twins. And I think I would love to see him back in that role, but with Asuna having gone uh, and not really been replaced by anyone of, of note as a career closer, I, I think he's definitely going to be in the tabs for that closer role this year. And it's not, is he a good closer? Is he a great closer? Not quite so sure. Yeah, and it will be interesting one to think about then with Trevor Rosenthal because he, he started off as a great closer with the Cardinals, then had real problems with injuries. Um, I think it was 2019, he came back and really struggled in that first year back, really struggled to find a play. But then looked amazing last year. But again, it always comes back to that thing of wasn't that many innings. So he has the potential to be a really good closer. We all know we had it with Blake Trine and he was absolutely outstanding one year, fell off the edge of a cliff the next year. That's sometimes how closers go. So Rosenthal certainly has the potential to be a really good closer. Um, I wouldn't necessarily argue to, for him overly strongly just because we don't really know as yet. Yeah. And Jason, Mon is it Montero closing for the Mariners? It him or Ken Guile, so we're, we're kind of waiting to see what happens there. So I was just going to say Edwin Diaz because that's, it could be any one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they've kind of a battle. It's supposed to be Montero. They signed Giles. We'll see what happens there. I don't think anything's been determined yet. Right, and I'm going to take the executive decision to give it to Iglesias. I think he's probably got the the best track record over the last few years. If you take it, when you consider Rosenthal had that bad spell coming back from injury. Mm -hmm. So that's our team. Uh, let me try and remember it now. So we had Murphy at catcher. We had Olsen at first base, Altuve at second base. We had Correa at shortstop. Bregman, sorry, Rendon at um, <laughs> third base. In the outfield, we had Trout, Loriano, Carl Lewis. In the rotation, we had Atani, Akidi, Lozado, Gonzalez, and Bundy, and Iglesias closing. Not bad. How do you think that team would do in the majors? Wild card place. <laughs> what I'll lose. Is that winning it all? Do we think that team's winning it all? I worry about the pitching. Yeah, I think the pitching would be trouble yeah. for us. Mm. None of us have that guy, do we? We don't just... No, we, we all have kind of pitching staffs so that could come good. Um, yeah. And, you know, I can think of it from an A's point of view. We have a, a, a rotation that could come good and a bullpen that could be really good. So the pitching staff overall could be good. But you look at some of the other rotations out there in the rest of the majors and, I mean, they look really scary, don't they? <laughs> and I don't think any of us really can say we, we have that. You know, the Astros did have that a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, but I think it, it's fair to say at the moment other divisions have stronger starting rotations than we do at the moment. Yeah, sure. So thank you all for coming on. That is our AL West 
lineup, our preview, just a final word from all of you. If you want to give yourselves a quick plug, where can we find you? What is your podcasts are, et cetera, et cetera. George? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, it's at Astros Fans UK. Instagram is UK Astros Fans. And uh, yeah, for my podcast, which is Strolls Across the Globe. So please do check that out. Matt? So we're at Oakland Day UK on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've got a podcast, which is just Oakland Days UK. And we've also got a website, straight blog, at uh, www.oaklandauk.com. Lovely. And Jason? We're just on Twitter right now, but we'll be getting some more stuff going this uh, this season here. But yeah, it's just UK Marin right now. Just check us out. We'll be growing a few things. We've got things in the work. We just haven't gotten to it yet. And if you want to plug, if you want to plug, uh, the Baba stuff and plug- no, man. I'll plug the Mariner stuff there. I'll, I'll, I'll plug the other stuff another time. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thanks all. Good luck for the season, although not too much luck. And I'm sure I'll speak to you all soon. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks all. Thanks. That was our chat with three of the four other teams in the AL West. As I teased earlier, though, we did have the chance to speak to Texas Rangers UK. And this was mine and Dave's chat with Billy. He may not be able to join us later, but we are delighted that Billy from Texas Rangers fans underscore UK. Is that right? Texas Rangers underscore UK? Yeah, that's right. You got it. Hey, he, he joins us this evening just to chat Rangers, Rangers baseball, as I'm sure nobody wants to miss out on that. Billy, how are you this evening? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Hope all is well with you. Yeah, not too bad. Hopefully a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and we can get out on these things. And I know you play baseball oh, yourself, don't you? Just like Dave, so... Bet you can't wait to get back out there. Oh, I just can't wait. I mean, it's been, feel like, forever since we last played. I mean, last season we only played a few games and the season was so short um, because, you know, what's been going on has been... Uh, but, yeah, it's affected everyone, you know, in all sports. So just hopefully we'll just get back to normal in a couple of months' time. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Fingers crossed, yeah. So the Rangers, why? I mean, as we have found out, there aren't there aren't many Texas Rangers fans in the UK. So, how how are you? Uh, how are you a Rangers fan? There, there's a, it's a rare breed in the UK, that's for sure. Um, well, it's because so I was on like a working holiday a couple of years ago, about 2018, and of course I was in Texas at the time, and. It turned out that that nearest baseball, I was kind of interested. I was intrigued by the sport. I was going to watch it on TV. And funny enough, it was Rangers versus the Astros was on. And I was just intrigued by the sport because I'm a big cricket fan. Play all sorts of different sports. Just wanted to see what the sport was all about. So I went to watch the Rangers, which was the nearest stadium. I mean, an hour's drive. Because uh, I was working in, uh, kind of in Navarro County of the native Texans when they were at is, and yeah it kind of started off from there just caught a bug and then I started to want to play so I went and played for for Bristol Baseball Club it's a fantastic club so if you if you're in the southwest that's the team to to play for um and yeah it just kind of went on from there I just got a, just caught a bug that's great I mean one of my first questions was now going to be what what Bristol Baseball Club was it that you're playing for Oh god, there's so many now. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's more, there's more, more teams cropping up every week, um, which is great because you know the, you know like, um, you know Richard Evans, he's done a cracking job. Yeah. Trying to recruit people in, and he seems to have been doing a fantastic job. Because there's a new team, I think they're called the Bristol Brun, um, Brunels. Yeah, I saw that pop um, up this week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just there a couple of days ago, and yeah, I mean, they've been fantastic. I mean, I played for the the Bats. But of course, with so many people, you know, it could be roster shuffles. So it could be any of those teams. Fair enough, fair enough. So one of my first questions for you regarding being a Rangers fan is, yeah, what is there currently to be excited about? Um, I think it's the start of a new era. I think there's, of course, we've got a new-ish manager uh, with Chris Woodward. He's been there for a couple of years now. He's, he's going to give a, like, a new vibe, kind of a new sense of energy to the new team. Uh, of course, loads of different players, new players coming in, lots of new faces, um, new prospects as well. So there's a lot to be excited about. New stadium. So, yeah, lots to be excited about. Any of the um, new prospects or any prospects 
sort of that you're most excited about coming up? Yeah, we've got Josh Young. Um, yeah, cracking player. Plenty of power on him. And we've got, there's just so many to choose from. I mean, we've got a catcher, Yuna Hine, which came from uh, the Elvis Andrus trade. Um, so you, you and Sam Huff said- as well. You sound, Billy, a lot more positive than we were probably expecting because <laughs> for all yeah. intents and purposes, the Rangers are predicted to finish bottom of the division this year. Mm. Um, yeah. They're also, on paper and in theory, have a bottom-tier farm system. Um, mm. So with that, obviously the new stadium is exciting, but you look at the talent on the field this year, it's not great. You look mm. at, the, whilst you've named some prospects who I'm sure will come in at some point and have an impact mm. doesn't seem to be like huge depth to the system so i would say i'm slightly surprised how how many years do you think it will be before you see the rangers competing again in the division uh it'll be earliest 2022 most likely 2023 it's gonna be a few years of course we're in a, a rebuild um but you know with a rebuild you've got to start from the bottom i'm going to work your way up and of course with these new faces coming in koei arihari from Japan, we've got some good new pictures. The Lonely Shields is back, which I'm glad <laughs> to hear. Um, it's just loads of new faces. I could go on forever. Um, it, it just seems so positive. The team, the team's confident, and uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing how they get on in the next uh, couple of seasons. My guess is that I, I don't know when I'm going to slot this into the running order yet in terms of before or after uh, the rest of the previews. But my guess is the comments the rest of us are going to make about the Rangers are probably not going to yeah. match up with what you're saying there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be quite negative. I'm looking forward to what George is going to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, the, um... But yeah, I hope he's all well. <laughs> you met, you mentioned free agents and additions. Do you think over the next mm. few years they're going to dip back into that market and start spending more money again? Uh, yeah, possibly. I, I reckon he could. Um, it's, it, well, it's mixed. They can focus on the young talent and bringing them up. But I suppose they'll bring a few, a few names uh, from all sorts of uh, from different positions. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's, it's very uncertain, especially when they're in a kind of a rebuild, uh, you know, what they're going to do next. Yeah. So looking ahead to the wider division, how do you see things playing out? Give me a one to five in terms of the division. Uh, if you want to put some records on there, you can, but it's not required. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not, I have no idea. Only because I haven't really been focusing on the other teams and how they've been getting on. Um, I've just mainly focused on what the Rangers are doing. Uh, I don't even focus on spring training that much, to be honest. But... Um, Honestly, I cannot say I want to fight. I, I do not know. I, I know so little about what the other teams are getting on. Uh, I, I could not say. What do you think? No, you, you, you can't get away with it that easily. Give, oh. me, a one, give me a one to five. I'm not letting you <sighs> off there. <laughs> yeah, I, I can vouch for Nick. He, he won't let you off. You're, you're going to be here until oh. you say something. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's ridiculous. Yeah, even if it's ridiculous, just go for it. I've I've said some really random things over the last few months when I've been put on the spot. So he told us he told us last week that one of mm. our pictures was working on giving up home runs. So really? can't be any more stupid than that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I set the bar low. Who's so you want to one? I'll get. I, I'm just going to ask you who's winning the division. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's Astros. Astros. Okay, there we go. Who's who's finishing second? Uh, think of the show you're on. Think of the show you're on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thing is, you've got a wealth of good top players. Um, I'm going to say Athletics. Oh, I know you're going to hate me for saying this. I knew it. I knew right, it. But I am. Cut Get him off. off, cut. <laughs> that's the end. Third, third, all right, I'm going to fill in for the rest yeah. of I assume yeah. you're third. Mariners. Yeah, that's right. Oh, actually, and Maris you, you are you are putting yourself bottom. Yes. Yeah, well, you've got to be realistic, haven't you? I mean, it, we are in a re- on a rebuild. I don't think we even get 70 wins. I think we'd just be below that. Oh, um, but that is that is it. That's for you. The Mariners aren't very good either, though, so there is a chance there. Well, oh, George, I'm, I'm going to be polite. I mean... They're not, they're not top, but I think, you know, I think, you know, 
they'll be fine in a few years' time. I think they've got a wealth of uh, young talent as well. So they'll be one to watch in a few years' time. Yeah. Dave, have you got any uh, other questions for Billy? Um, what's a good season look like? You're looking at a team who could be losing, well, only winning 70-odd games. What, what's a good season? What, what's going to make you want to watch it? Potential playoffs. I mean, it seems very unlikely, but I mean, if all the players are on top notch, you know, if Ronald Guzman is hitting the balls offensively, he's top, you know, Joey Gallo's hitting home runs every game. <laughs> you know, and Chris Davis might wind the clock back. Yeah, if, yeah, that's right. If they all play their part, then it's a potential playoffs. But of course, it, it, it seems unlikely. You, you heard it here first. We went from not winning 70 games to a potential playoff run. Uh, that's if it's good. That's if everything All in the space is, of three it, minutes. Yeah. That's if, that's if, that is if everyone's in sync and everyone's uh, in good form. Final question for you then from Nationals in the UK. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or 10 horse-sized ducks? Uh, oh, oh, oh. I would rather fight 100. See, what was it? 100 sized? 100 duck sized horses. Or yeah, 100 duck sized horses. You can even just kick them away, can't you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> of course, there's a lot of them, but you can, you can just boot them out of the way. Of course, there's a, of course, there's a, a gold cavalry of them, but uh, I'm sure you can uh, get a bit boot. Well, thanks very much, Billy. Thanks for coming on and uh, good luck for the season ahead. I hope you get that fourth place. <laughs> fingers across thank you very much Jats. Oh, yeah wish you all the best that was today's AL West preview show I really hope you enjoyed I had a great time recording it and I know Dave did too we think we've got a good thing going there with our AL West dream team although I am absolutely certain some of you will be very unhappy with me for giving up David Fletcher and not fighting for him harder However, if you do continue to support the show, please go away and subscribe to us. Please rate us, like, favourite, retweet, comment, you know, all the usual stuff. We love your interaction. We It's why we do it, and we just love interacting with Angels fans in the UK, in the US, and across the world. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll speak soon. <laughs>